are now listening to an inspirational message from the Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist Church, where Dr. Michael Wesley Sr. is pastor. Please join the service in progress. listening you know where that came from that came from when Samuel was a young boy and in the tabernacle with the old priest Eli and God was calling Samuel and Samuel did not yet know the voice of the Lord he woke up in the night and he heard the voice. He went to Eli. He said, you call me. Eli the priest said, I didn't call you. Go back and lay down. And he went and laid down and God spoke again. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel went back to Eli again. He said, you did call me. And Eli perceived that God was calling Samuel. And he said to him, you go back and lay down again. And this time when you hear that voice, say, speak, Lord, thy servant is listening. And I think it's a prayer that all of us need. To be able to discern the voice of God, we need to be able to say, speak, Lord, 
your servants are listening as we come to this moment sharing in the word that ought to be your prayer I know it's my prayer as I stand with you now I want God to speak your servants are listening open now Lord our hearts to your word speak the truth speak it so clear speak it so deep that none of us escape bless now Lord the words that are in our mouth and the meditations that are on our heart that it may be acceptable in thy sight oh Lord you are our strength and you are our redeemer bless us now with the truth as you would give it with you there is a word without you there is no word bless us in Jesus name Jesus name we pray amen thank God I want you to invite you again this morning to turn again to the book of Ephesians chapter 6 we were there last week as we looked at the fathers the role of fathers the instruction that the Lord give but today we have our children with us and so we want to be able to speak to our children the first three verses of Ephesians chapter 6 claims our attention for the morning. And there the word of God says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. This is the word of God for the people of God. I want to want to preach this morning from the subject, God's plan for children. God's plan for children. It's a wonderful experience to have children in the church. It's a wonderful experience to have children in our homes. But I want you to know this is a very difficult time for children in the world. Never before has society seen the challenges that it now sees. And children are put right in the middle of it. It's hard to be a child in many homes today. Hard to be a child at school. It's hard to be a child in society. Matter of fact, this gripped me so as I came to the church on Thursday afternoon. And when I walked in, there was a 12-year-old boy that was in the conference room speaking with Reverend James and with some other staff members. And I said, okay, what, what, what we got? And he says, young man, it's, it's trouble. I said, uh, okay, what, what, what is the trouble? And they began to share with me concerning the challenges that he had experienced. Somewhere along the line, it, obviously there had been a fight with his mother. And it was just heartbreaking. Our team did a great job of encouragement and instruction and things like that. But it made me think about the larger picture of children and how hard it must be and how hard it is for some parents to be able to cope. But this is where we are today. And what we have to understand is that it is, it is that way because God's plan is not being followed. And, and whatever we can do to do our part or to do a part in helping reshape the future generations. There's an old Chinese proverb that says one generation plants the trees and another gets the shade. 
You and I are living today because we're living in the shade of the trees that our parents and grandparents planted. But the question is, who's planting trees for the future generations to have some shade? And, 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 and we, we're, we're not going to escape. We're not going to get by. We, we can't turn our heads and walk away and say, so sad, so sorry, too bad, not my problem. It is our problem. It is all of our concern. There was a village that helped us. We've got to become a part of that village that helps the young people who are coming along today. And I just submit unto you today that it's, it's hard for young people to come through these times without having some shade trees. Scripture is very clear about what the Bible says to us revealing the will of God regarding the family and regarding you and I. Remember last week we talked about Deuteronomy chapter 6 where Moses was speaking to the second generation of Israelites as they were preparing to go into the promised land. And he said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, and thou shalt love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all of your strength. And then he said, and teach the children about God. When you, when you, when you sit down, talk about God. When you lie down, talk about him. When you rise up, talk about him. He said, put reminders everywhere. Put it on, on the palms of your hand. Put it on the frontlets of your gates. In other words, make the world a classroom that wherever you go, you are teaching. You have got to always teach. Even other folk children, you got to teach. That's our problem today is we don't want to do that. We don't want to say nothing to other folk children. Now, I don't, sometimes I understand because other folk get upset when you say something to their child. That's my child you're talking to. You got something to say, say it to me. And sometimes you be wanting to say you need to be re-raised. But we got to get to the heart of the matter. We got to get to the heart. God knows what he's doing. And when God created a plan for this world, he didn't receive secondary instruction from nobody. As a matter of fact, the Genesis account says he stepped out of nowhere into nothing and he just started doing what he did. He said, let there be light. And darkness had to find a hiding place. He started looking at stuff and calling out of it whatever he wanted it to be. And that's what it became. No one instructed him. And after he had created a beautiful world, then he scooped in the soil and he formed a body of a man and he blew into that man the breath of life and man became a living soul. No one instructed him and God gave him the instruction that he wanted him to have. Then God looked and said, it's not good for that man to be alone. And he reached in his side and he took a rib and he made a woman a helper for him so that he could have somebody to go through life with. So God had a plan for the man. God had a plan for the woman. God had a plan for the family. And later, down through the years, we see the instruction given to us by the Apostle Paul in this great book called Ephesians. Paul said that when people have been spirit-filled, now that's the key, my brothers and sisters, Spirit-filled. He said when a, a, a spirit-filled man 
and a spirit-filled woman are together in a relationship, there would be mutual submissions. The, 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 the woman would submit gladly to the leadership of her husband, and, and the husband would love his wife as he does him, his own self. Or even further, he carried it and said, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So God gave instructions for, he had a plan for the man, he had a plan for the woman, he had a plan for the family. And he gave us tidbits of it there. And last week we focused a little bit more on what the parent's role is. But God also has a plan for the children. And he speaks that plan into existence here. And he spoke it in the Old Testament book of Exodus chapter 20. And I think we don't teach that enough. In Exodus chapter 20 when God, when the children of Israel met God for the first time at Mount Sinai. <laughs> the mountain was on fire. It was a terrible sight. Volcanic looking. Earthquake shaking, fire and smoke going up. The people say, oh, we can't have this. That Moses, don't let God speak to us like that. We can't, we can't stand it. But God spoke. What did God say? He says, I am the Lord, your God, and I am a jealous God. And thou shalt have what? No other gods before me. He, he said, don't make me look like crawling things and creeping things and flying things. And, and he said, he goes on to say, he lists prohibitions. And I believe today our children need to hear this. Thou shall not steal. Thou shall not what? Kill. You, 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 you can't give life. And you ought not be trying to what? take life. We're not teaching that. And then he gives us the word in the 12th verse that's echoed here in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 6. He speaks directly to children and he said, children obey your parents. Honor your father and your mother. The first commandment was promise. And the benefit, the residual benefit for you is that your days will be long upon the land which the Lord your God gives thee. Now, you know, that, that, that idea of obeying your parents and honoring your parents, you, you, you can't get that through legislation. They can't pass enough laws to cause children to want to be obedient to their parents. You can't get that through education. You can't get that through the schools. That has to come where? At home. Parents cannot miss that assignment. Parents have to teach children to obey them. And I know it's hard. Sometime, but you can't wait till they're 18 to start. You have to start when they're young, very early. <laughs> and you have to add a little discipline in the process to make sure that they are obedient to what you're saying. Somebody said, but I can't whip my child. He might call the police. You whip him before he can learn the number. <laughs> and you won't have no trouble <laughs> later on. Children's responsibility is not something that they can do on their own. They have to be taught that. What is the responsibility of a child? What is it that is in God's plan? God's plan is pretty simple. It's, it's first, children are to obey their own parents. 
And I promise you, you can't get around that. That has to be talked. That has to be instilled. That has to be insisted upon at home. And when it is done there, you won't have much problem with it going somewhere else. And so I, I, I just want, I want you to know that children have the, the responsibility in God's plan to be obedient to their own parents and then to honor them. So it's twofold responsibility. But when we look around today, we don't see that. We don't see children obeying their parents. My man in the grocery store and the lady had to say 15 times, get down from there. Stop. Put that back. Man, I wish I would have. <laughs> do, you, do you understand? Man, you go to the store with your mama and daddy in days gone by. I mean, you are almost like a robot. <laughs> you better not run down that aisle. I saw the boy, he had climbed up in the vegetable bin. <laughs> and his mama, John, please come down. Please. Man, my mama would have taken whatever that was. But you, 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 you got to teach that before you take them out. And then when you take them out, they will obey what you said because they understand what you mean. And, 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 and so the blessing of children, God intended for children to be a blessing in families. There to be children are the fruit of the womb and a blessing from God. I know sometimes they seem like they're trouble. And that's only because they hadn't been dealt with. But when you deal with them appropriately, it's going to be all right. What does is, what is Proverbs 22 say? It says these familiar words. Train up a child. What? In the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart. How many of you were trained when you were children? How many, how many of you were raised? I mean, you didn't raise yourself. Somebody insisted. I mean, you wasn't going to talk back. Don't you talk back to me. <laughs> you remember that? I mean, whatever it was, whether it was a comb, <laughs> whether it was a ruler, <laughs> a switch, whatever it was that reinforced what had been said. I mean, I remember sitting in church as a child. And because the teaching had taken place at home, she didn't have to say nothing. All she had to do was look. Look in that direction, buddy, and we straighten right up. And it wasn't just her. It was anybody in the neighborhood, anybody in the community. But let me tell you why it's so hard to raise children today. The number one reason that it's so hard to raise children, and it, it, it ain't just started. I mean, it was hard even then, but we, they did what they needed to do. But the reason it's hard is, number one, there's a curse on the inside of a child. Every child comes into this world born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So he already has wrong on the inside. He doesn't learn wrong. He come in knowing wrong. He has to learn what's right. He or she has to learn what's right. And that has to be taught. On the inside, there is a sin nature in every one of us. I know on Sunday you sit in church, you look cute, you look holy, and you look dignified and sanctified. But you know that it's a little demon that's living on the inside. You don't, you don't believe it. Let somebody park in your space, cut in front of you on the way to church. Let somebody say the wrong thing. Wait a minute now, you've gone too far. 
but that demonic thing that alienated spirit that's separated from God lives in a child and therefore that child has to be taught about God has to be taught about salvation has to be taught to love and to honor God and respect him as the sovereign Lord of the universe. But when that's not being done, that demonic thing is going to grow. And not only is he cursed on the inside, but when he comes into the world that he lives in, he comes or she comes into a cursed world. The society in which the child lives in is also cursed. And all they see are things that remind them of what's wrong and what they ought to do. See, God blesses us with this internal warning system called conscious. And that's what conscious is. It's an internal warning system. And, and, and it's, it's like a bell that goes off when, and alerts us as to what something is wrong, when something is wrong, and tells us not, not. But the problem is the cursed society that we live in continues to, to advertise through its music and, and through its television program and through its movies to further dull and dumb down that internal warning system. So much so that kids look around and they don't know the difference between what's right and what's wrong because it's everywhere. You, you hear the profanity in the music. You, you see the, the, the sexual exposure. One 12-year-old boy said his dad, he said, Dad, listen, let's be straight. He said, look, I, I know what drugs are, I know what alcohol is, I know what sex is, I've done it all, so come on. I mean, that's society. That's society that, 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 that minimizes the effectiveness of conscience. So much so that it becomes, so it, it's not as clear as what is right anymore. And what is wrong? If it's permissible on television, if it's permissible in movies, if it's permissible on the streets, if it's permissible at church and nobody ever says anything, how are they going to know? No, there's not popular stuff, but it's the kind of stuff you got to know. Painful, painful lessons, man. But God wants us to teach it. And he wants us to help our children to know what the plan is. Not only is there uh, a curse on the inside, and is there a curse in the society around them, but there's also a curse, man, everywhere you go. That's the old song that says, everywhere you go, there's trouble. Everywhere you go, there's strife. Everywhere you go, there's something that worries you. But remember, what? God is standing by. But they will not know that God is standing by in the midst of the kind of world in which they are thrust into. And so, so what we are seeing now, what we are seeing now in our world is that even, even growing up, growing up, before boys had to be 14, 15, 16, before they began to change. The boys' choirs in, in London and in other places, boys' sopranos could sing in those choirs until they're 18 because their voices had not changed. But the voices now have changed. And guess what else has changed? Puberty has changed. It is the age has been dropping lower and lower, and young girls are starting their cycles far sooner than generations in time past. 
And when all of those processes start, that means it's time for some teaching. And, and if mamas and daddies don't teach, when Quisha get through with her, when Nene get through with her, when they put their spell on them and they'll spin on what all of that means, it's going to be different than what you would have hoped that they would have walked away with. So they, they, they learn disobedience from the wrong that's already there. They learn disobedience from the society in which they live. They learn disobedience from everything. So the correction then has to be applied. They got to curse in, they got to curse out, <laughs> and they do curse. <laughs> no, they don't curse, they cuss. <laughs> and, and they start early. And where they get that from? <laughs> they, get it. they get it from their mama. They get it from their daddy. They get it from their environment. They get it from the music. They get it from everything in society. So the curse is out. The curse is in. The curse is upon them. No matter where they go. Struggle, man. I just, I just think about that. As a matter of fact, I was telling you about that little boy. When he, when he came to the door, the first thing, two men saw the little boy because he was bleeding, and they brought him to the church. And they said, this young man needs some help. And when the team opened the door, the first words out of his mouth were curse words. He started cussing. Wait, wait, hold on, slow down, young man, hold on. Let's change that narrative. Nobody here did nothing. We're here to help. And so we began to minister. We're called, son. No, we're going to call your mama. That's who they called. They called his mother. And unfortunately, that was video evidence that he had strapped, whipped, jumped on his own mama. Man, do you, do you not know what danger that is? Do you not know what the Bible says about that? Come on, look, look, look this verse up. If you don't read nothing else, read Exodus chapter 21, verses 15 and 17. Listen to what it says. It, it says, he who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. God wasn't playing about his, about his plan. He said, no, now listen, now I know it would seem harsh today, but in those early days of the revelation when God was teaching the world what his plan was for the family, he said, you better not hit your mama. You better not hit your daddy. If you do, you're going to die. And they put people to death. Now, I can only imagine what people today who monitor school, who wanted to get rid of paddling in the school would think. Man, society would be torn up. But that's the truth. Even if you don't put them to death, you know what that really is saying? That when a kid is disrespectful to that point that he's going to fight his parents, he is setting himself up for a short life. Somebody is going to do something. I know, I know y'all this doesn't sound good. I know it breaks your heart like it does mine. But every day in the news, we're reading of 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds, and younger, doing foolish things. The detention centers are full. School systems are throwing up their hands. We don't know what to do. We don't have enough alternative programs. We don't have enough places to send kids to. 
America is spending more than $350 billion on Ritalin and other drugs to treat children. Attention deficit disorder has become the number one problem. Kids now wear watches that go off to tell them what time it is to take their medications. And unfortunately, when kids and they move into adulthood and they've been taking medicine and then they decide that I'm healed and they stop taking the medicine and their body goes back into its dysfunctional mode, then we have shootings in school. Then we have shootings in malls. Then we have craziness everywhere. Y'all, and we look at this stuff and we laugh. This is not funny. It's not a laughing matter. Nothing wrong with God's plan. God's plan is that children should obey their parents and that children should honor, respect their father and their mother. But you know what happens when children don't. And they don't because they're not taught. How, how do we know that we should teach? That's what the Proverbs is all about. Listen, 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 listen just with me just a few moments here. Chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if you will receive my sayings and treasure my commandments within you, you will make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding. See, parents have to teach that. Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace. They will add to you. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father. And give attention that you may gain understanding. For I give you sound teaching. It's coming from home. And when it does, kids turn out. When it doesn't, kids don't turn out right. Proverbs chapter 7 verse 1. My son, keep my words and treasure my commandments within you. The word of God is very clear. But let's look just briefly at the opposite when that's not being done. Proverbs chapter 30, you see the opposite kind of thing. When a child does not respond, does not obey, is not properly disciplined, verse 11, chapter 30 of Proverbs says this. There is a kind of person, a man, a woman, a kind of person who curses his father and does not bless his mother. There is a kind who is pure in his own eyes, yet is not washed from his filthiness. When we don't teach and they turn out different, their filthiness has not been cleansed because that no word has been given. Bring them to a different place of understanding. And I tell you what you'll have. You'll have two leeches that will grow up inside of a child. And those two leeches all cry the same thing. Give! Give! See, there are some things that never get enough. A fire never gets enough wood. It will burn whatever you put on it. The grave never gets enough. Every day they're being opening more and more and more and more. Go in. And a greedy, selfish person that always say give, give, give. They never get enough. So some parents are trying to buy their children. You can't buy these children. You can't give them enough 
because the leech inside is going to cry, give, 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 give. You can never give enough. Trying to be their friend, it's all right to be friendly. It's all right for them to know they can talk to you and come to you, but be the parent. Let others be their friend. I thank God, man, that no matter what you say, no child can teach himself these things. You got to do it. They can't talk like this in school. They don't come to church, so they don't get it. And so it's got to be done at home. So how do you do the process? How do you bring up a child? How do you make a child lead them to be obedient and respectful? I think what you have to do is to install a process called discipline. Now, the Bible is still clear. Same book. You spat a rod, spoil the child. When a, when a man withholds discipline from a child, he's actually withholding love. You know, I didn't understand that when I used to hear, it's going to hurt me more than it hurt you. <laughs> Wait a minute, you're not on this end of this. <laughs> How you think that hurt you more than it hurt me? <laughs> it hurts to do it sometimes. I didn't have a problem doing it with my children, but guess what happens to us as we are growing older and we become grandparents? Hello. And we used to laugh at my mama and daddy. Oh, y'all would kill us. But you letting these grandchildren get away with murder. Something about growing older and tender. But grandparents got it good because they can spoil the kids and send them back home. <laughs> but you got to still discipline them. All of us got to be involved in this process. Let's talk one more time about discipline, the process. My son, Proverbs says again in the sixth chapter, verse 20, observe the commandment of your father. And do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. And when you walk, they will guide you. And when you sleep, they will watch over you. And when you wake, and I love this, they will talk to you. Man, when you put that word in a child, when you put that word in you, I mean, no, there have been times when you've been tempted to do what you know you shouldn't do. But what stopped you? Oh, the word on the inside. That's why David said, that word have I hid where? My heart that I may not sin against God. And if it's been that good to us, why would we want to withhold it? From the children. Now the law of God is written in their hearts. And that law can be positive. Or that law can be negatively interpreted. And so we've got to be able to help our young people in the culture that we live in. To understand that culture is not the authority. Just because you see them shake it like that on TV don't mean you're going to shake it like that. And just because you see little beavers and butthead talk ugly to their folk, don't bring that in here. Because you see the Simpsons and all of the pictures now. Man, it is so crazy today. Do you, do you, can I, can I tell you what, what somebody showed me this week? This week they took Superman they got a spoof on Superman now, where, where Superman is not with Lois, but he's with somebody else, and there's another man. They got Superman with the S on his chest, kissing. 
Now, this is what culture is saying. This is what society is doing. They are taking superheroes from the past and turning them uh, to cause your children to be different. I remember, man, when I was in school, high school principal, man, the first time I never even heard this song. They were, they were having a little sock hop in the gym. And, and they put the song on. And, and, and every, all the girls gathered around and, and they were dancing and they were going. And, and the song said, she's a hoe. And, and the girl was going. I said, what? I'm talking about what society and culture is doing. And if there is no correction from the home, where will the shade trees be planted? Where will the new generation get shade from? Y'all, this is, the problem is the church has gone crazy, has gone silent on this stuff. Church don't want to tell parents the truth. Church don't want to tell children the truth. Church don't want to tell nobody the truth. And we're making generations of liars out of people. We got to be, we got to say it like it is. The wages of sin is still death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And believe it or not, like it or not, I don't care what you call yourself. I don't care what you want to be. We were watching the, the day show just the other morning. And it, had, it was gay pride or whatever pride Sunday, Saturday day it was. And they had this guy singing who had been transgender, he said, for years. They were trying to mess our children up with their stuff. How in the world you going to have a, a transgender restroom, a locker room? Boy athletes. I was a boy athlete. I know what it is to walk around in the locker room. And then there's some girl coming in there to my she's a boy. No, you're not. Oh, here's a, here's a boy going into the girl's space. Talking about he's something else. And girls are there and there. Whatever. That's setting people up. And then when something happened, then lawmakers going to be looking funny. And said, we didn't know it was going to go to that extreme. Whenever you open Pandora's box and you allow things into the lives of children, then you have no control over its outcomes. So my plea this morning is to children. Children, obey your parents. Learn how to respect them at home. Say yes, ma'am. Say yes, sir. Anybody who's older than you, look up to them and say, may I help you please? Say please. Say thank you. Say I'm sorry. Say help me. Say instruct me. Give me wisdom. We've got to get it going, y'all. Otherwise, there is no hope. Do you realize that more Young children today are taking their own lives because they can't handle the pressure. They can't handle the bullying. They can't handle the cracks on Facebook and Instagram. They can't handle the teasing, the being called out. They don't know they can delete friends. They don't know they can block calls. And yet they let people intimidate them by allowing them free access to continue to insult them. We got to teach it. Teach children to obey you. 
then it won't be so hard for them to obey their teacher. It won't be so hard to obey the police. It won't be so hard to obey somebody else. And teach them to respect, to honor you. They honor you. It would be easy for them to honor somebody else. And this goes all the way to just before they want to get married. You got to look at that stuff. Girls, hear me. You're getting ready to make a choice. Go back into that boy's family and look at how he treats his mama. If he loved his mama, he'll love you. If he doesn't love his mama, you don't have a chance. Guys, look into her family. Look at how she treats her father. She honors him and reverence him and respects him. She'll honor, love, and respect you. But if you tell him, get out of my face, talk to the hand, then guess what? One day, talk to the hand. Get out of my face. Gonna come right back to you. Waymaker. God is that waymaker. God is that one who orders our steps. And he has made a plan for the man. He has made a plan for the woman. He's made a plan for the family. And children are included in that plan. We have to be the ones to help them. Miracle worker, way maker, our God, our Father, our Lord, our Savior, light in the darkness, way maker. That's who he is. He didn't make a mistake. He knows what he's doing. And we have to be obedient. And we have to be willing to follow what he has given. We're just going to simply open the doors of the church. Give you an opportunity. If you're a child, change your life now. Come to know Jesus. Come to love him. Come to follow him. Come to hear his word. Even if nobody at home tell it, we'll tell you. Doors of the church are open. Anytime during the singing of the song, give your heart to God. Give your hand to one of these and let's begin a relationship. If you're a parent, Come on, you might have made a mistake, but it's not too late. Grandparent, whoever you are, we all need Jesus. Doors open. See, that's what it got to be taught. We got to teach how to worship. Yeah.
that's what we want you to know. That is who he is. God is a miracle worker. He's a way maker. He's light in the darkness. That is who he is. And that is the message that children have got to understand. And they've got to understand who their parents are. And that they are to be respected, they are to be loved, but they are to be obeyed. And we as children, as God's children, have got to be obedient. And we as God's children have got to honor Him as well. My brothers and sisters. Hope you enjoyed the broadcast. You have been listening to a message from the Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist Church, where we are reaching the world for Christ, located at... 2135 Jefferson Avenue Southwest, Birmingham, Alabama 35211. For a copy of a CD or DVD, you can reach us at 205-925-5972 or visit us on the web at www.greatershallow.org. For an uplifting message, please join us for the next broadcast.